Hello and welcome back to Three Princesses in a Muggle World. My name is Jenny and I am joined as always by my two good friends and co-hosts. Hey everyone, it's Amber and Casey. And we are back once again with Harry Potter March Madness. So we will only say this once. If you have not listened to our two other Harry Potter March Madnesses, please go, please hit pause, go back, listen to those ones so that you can understand what is going on. And if you enjoyed them, share them with a friend. Spread the word. Bring in a new followers who will also become mad here because daddy's <laughs> gone mad hasn't he <laughs> so on our last episode we had made it through three different fights and we were about to start the fourth fight when i had to leave so are we ready to just jump right into the fourth fight yep, yep. let's do this so we're doing heroes i don't think we said that yet so we are battling our final set of heroes to see who's moving on to round two, and then we're jumping right into round two. Okay. So in this corner, we have Newt Scamander, the lovable Hufflepuff who loves animals more than people. And I mean, who can blame him? He's not wrong. (laughs) And yeah, he's I don't know what else to say about him, except he wrote some Where do book. we find him? Where do we find him? Oh, he is in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. One, Which is the book two... that he wrote. <laughs> yes, there it is. I was going to say, like, The Monster's Book of Monsters, and I'm like, he did not write that book. No. <laughs> um, but he will be in... Um, Alb- the lies, the secret lives of Albert Dumbledore, or whatever it's called. These are the secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> Anyways, apparently lies. that's coming out soon. So, uh, you know. All right, and who is Mister Scamander going up against? None other than our fantastic Gryffindor Neville Longbottom, who, since you know, Jenny introduced new as liking animals more than people. Neville probably likes plants more than people. Yes. Which again, is he wrong? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Okay. So go ahead. Tell me your first reasons. I get to judge this one. So for Mr. Newt's commander. I put that he is very good with animals, and it seems like he can talk to them. I don't think he can, but just because he knows enough about them, it's like he can talk to them because, you know, he's, like, able to react on their level and do things that will make them comfortable to the point that um, the animals will actually help him. I know that we can't, well, I don't know if that would be considered henchmen or not, but We'd said animals could help. Okay, so like any magical creature can help him. It's been a while since I've seen the movies, but I'm pretty sure in one of the movies, like there's that big, huge crab looking creature and he's like able to like calm it down and stuff. And anyways, you know, if he's got like one of those um, scarier creatures on his side, that would be very helpful as well as his constant companion. It feels like the Niffler. (laughs) <laughs> who is very good at stealing stuff and I think would be a very good distraction to 
well, Neville, who I feel like would just, I think anybody would be easily distracted, but also like Neville and Luna out of all the characters, I feel like would be very easily distracted with a Niffler. <laughs> so, or is not... that just what they want you to think? It's a possibility. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I think I do have to give her that one with the Niffler. I do feel like it would distract Neville because it would certainly kind of distract me because I think they're super duper cute. <laughs> Uh, are you wait I'm confused are you conceding are you giving her the point I'm not conceding completely I'm just I mean, saying that's what I heard. well then don't help her just saying with distraction okay so I'm going to go with Neville is really good with plants including like it talked specifically about how he became actually really good with being able to I don't know that control is the right word because you can't this is not really a plant you can control but really good at using it to his advantage um devil snare as well as he also oh despite what we see in the movie does become actually fairly good with mandrakes and being able to use them to his advantage and so well you know Newt might have some cool creatures. Neville has some cool plants that can do some pretty scary stuff. Like Devil Snare can squeeze life out of you. Well, I'm pretty sure that some of Newt's creatures eat plants. <laughs> do you have a specific creature in mind? Well, I mean, I would have to look it up to see what creatures can eat mandrakes and Devil Snare. But I well, know that there are so many mm, herbivores. Well, if you can give me a specific one, I'll allow it. But remember, I don't know anything about Newt and his his animals. So I only know what you can tell me. And saying that maybe there's one that could eat the devil snare isn't really convincing. Give me a second. I'm looking it up. (laughs) Sorry. While you're doing that, I'm going to say this is kind of a hard one. I feel like you guys are doing this on purpose because we essentially have two very <laughs> pacifist characters and you're both like, well, they like cute little animals and they like cute little plants and they can... Oh, use- not a cute little plant! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of. It's got like the cool vines going at it it's like, from like a distance. <laughs> sure. Okay. The mandrake that can kill you with its scream. Yeah, that's real I cute. Said from a distance. From a distance. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, guys. That's all I've got. I don't know actually that song very well, so. Yeah, like, are we going somewhere here? I... From a distance. What is that from? It's a song. Wow. From what song? I didn't realize. Uh, it's not from anything it's from the radio okay at least as far as i know so there is a creature whose name i cannot find who there's got to be a creature that like barks like the sun and devil snare hates sunlight it's deadly fun but will melt in the sun right yeah how that goes yeah Yeah. (laughs) well any anything else that we would like to add before I make my decision? No. I'm still, you know, looking, but you can uh, con- 
See, there's glow bugs. A glow bug will glow. That sounds really dumb. Anyways, continue on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining, you know, because we have glow bugs, these tiny little fireflies. I'm just imagining you with a jar, just ripping the lid off, throwing the jar and say like, attack. And just like these slow, tiny little flickering bugs going after the devil's snare. I mean, okay, I know that there are creatures, just because I can't come up with the names, there are creatures that would be able to either scare those plants or eat them. Like, Devil Snare can be used in a potion, so I'm guessing that you, like, if you're not even human, but if you're not human, I'm sure that you can eat uh, mandrakes and you don't really care unless, like, well, if they're still in the soil, because if they're not in the soil, then they will scream and they will kill. Yeah. Okay, Casey. Uh, okay, um, I think I have to go with Neville here, uh, just because Jenny couldn't give me a specific animal. who's very kind of vague, and I don't know any animal that he would have that does that, because I don't know Newt. So yeah, I feel like it's just too vague to say there's a animal that could do it. So Devil Snare and Mandrakes can be pretty scary on their own. So I think I'm going to have to give it to Neville. You guys I mean, can't see it, but I'm doing a total happy dance right now. <laughs> I mean, how rude, but also fair. <laughs> give me specifics and then maybe. Anything like, I'm, about I'm looking at specifics, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a, a little probably not so secret. I've only seen the first Fantastic Beast, and I only saw it once. So when I say I really don't know anything about Newt's Commander, I really don't know anything about Newt's Commander, <laughs> except what you are going to tell me. So there's, like, literally that's no he's bias. super cute. Mm, yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no unconscious bias that are seeping into my decision with Newt's commander. So you really got to let me know what's going on with him. Okay. All right. So, reason two. Tell me what's going on. Okay. So he is, Neville is very good at, um, he actually ate much to, you know, a lot of people's disbelief. He actually stepped up when he was in Dumbledore's army and he became extremely skilled over time in defensive and counter curses and also became a skilled dueler. He was one of the last ones standing in the ministry with only minor injuries. Um, he survived the battle of the astronomy tower without major injuries as well as he survived the battle of hogwarts without major injuries and so he's proven himself to be very skilled with dueling very skilled with defensive and counter curses so he could do some damage that way too and along the lines of being very good at different types of spells newt's commander is very good at transfiguration so he can change himself into different things, whether it be object, person, place. Well, not place. I was going on nouns there for a minute and things went weird in my head. But, you know, animals, he can like turn himself into animals and 
then um, he can also turn the things around him into different things as well. So, like, if there's a rock, he could turn it into a dog. Um, Hey, Cedric, you had your turn. Sit down. (laughs) I was going to say, as we saw in the Triwizard Tournament, when Cedric Cedric is my character. And he's already (laughs) done that. I'm just using it as an example, okay, of things that Newt could do, but probably, like, on a bigger scale. Like, maybe he could turn the rock into, like, a dragon or something like that. And then, as we've already discussed, he's very good with animals, so if he turned the rock into a dragon, he could take care of the dragon so the dragon doesn't go all crazy. Okay, so question on that, follow-up question. When, and this is not necessarily Newt-specific, but, like, when you transform an object into an animal... Does it change size, or is it limited to how big that thing is? Well, I mean, he, he could use Engorgio on it, and it's bigger. Well, that's not what I'm asking. I'm just, like, asking specifically transfiguration cells. So, like, if you pick up a pebble and try to change it into a dog, it's going to be a dog the size of a pebble? It's, Regardless of Engorgio. I mean, like, before that happens. I'm just curious. I, don't I would really guess so. Know. Because now I I'm just really, Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know either. I'm just, I was just curious about that. Now, I, I'm just mainly thinking now back to Cedric. Like, did he just get like a really know, big a, rock? <laughs> a really big rock to make a really big dog? Or did he just pick up literally a hand sized rock, turn it into a dog, and expect that that <laughs> to go after the dragon? But anyway, yeah, it, it, it's okay. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay, so we have dueling and transfiguration. Jenny, could you give me maybe like an example of something that he might turn himself into or turn something else? Are you going with the dog? <laughs> I changed it to a dragon. <laughs> okay, well, just like, is that what he's going to do? Yes. Change himself or change a rock into a dragon? A rock. That way he can still like be on top of Neville and everything. Okay. Which I agree, the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, these two passive characters yeah. <laughs> are fighting each other, and it's really weird. Like, realistically, if they were to meet, the last thing they would do is fight. They would literally just go through each of their respective collections. Like, oh, I saw this really cool animal. Oh, hey, that animal reminds me of this plant I have. Like, it would just be like that kind of thing. Most definitely. They would probably be trying to outdo each other, and that would be the quote-unquote fight it's like well i have this well i have this all right amber any rebuttal on this dragon not really other than the fact that you know i do feel like neville is strong enough to take on a dragon even but without going into my third reason i can't really rebuttal it too much okay let's see would Neville be trying to stop the dragon or stop Newt? Mm, probably Where his focus? focus would be on the dragon right now. Okay. Hmm. I could just see, like, if somebody was on Neville's team, not that we do teams, but it's like, why aren't you going for Newt? And he's like, well, I'm a little preoccupied with the fire-breathing dragon! Uh, I guess another question I have for Transfiguration, once you transform an object to an animal, how much control does that person have over said animal? I would think they'd have have as much control as they would over any animal of that breed. Which brings me back to my fact that because Newt is good with animals, he would only transfigure it into an animal that he knows how to 
not necessarily control because that makes it sound like you know they're his slave or whatever but to like prod in the right direction see that's what i'm thinking though because i mean dragons are pretty hard to contain like we i'm just wondering how much control would newt actually have over a giant dragon or would the dragon just be like well i'm a i'm alive now peace out you know I mean, I feel like Newt would have enough, like, the same amount of knowledge, if not more, than Charlie Weasley. Yeah, but we know even Charlie struggles with controlling the dragons. Like, you don't control a dragon. You just kind of, like, nudge it and stay out of its way. (laughs) Make it think it's doing what it wants to do. I mean, that is true. But, I, like I said, I don't think Newt would change it into something he didn't know how to, like, get to do what he needs it to do. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Hmm. Also, Newt has a bunch of, this is totally random, but Newt has a bunch of habitats in his, like, suitcase. So after he sets the dragon on Neville, he can build it a nice home in in his suitcase. (laughs) And I think there is a dragon in his suitcase already. It's been a while since I've seen the first movie or the second movie. But I feel like there was, like, some kind of flying creature in there. Might have been just a hippogriff. <laughs> hmm. All right. Assuming that he has control over this dragon, I think I'm going to give it to Newt. Okay. Yay! So that means we are at a tie. So give me your third reason and make them really, really good. <laughs> so Newt is very accomplished in the summoning charm. So even if like the dragon and the other animals that he is having help him don't work, he could just be like, this is how I pronounce it. So don't come at me. Asio this, Asio that. And like totally like bang things into Neville. They don't come at me because I like hear people on TikTok all the time where they're like Accio. And I'm like, I think that's how it is. No, we don't recognize that. <laughs> how is it in, in the movie? It's Asio, isn't it? I think it's, is it Asio or is it Accio? Maybe they go I back I thought it was Accio. I don't know. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so that's mine. Summoning charm. Just keep hitting Neville over the head with like, you know, a big, huge branch. Well, I'm going to come back with one of the charms that Neville has become very proficient in is the shield charm. And so he would just do a shield charm and the items would just bounce off of the shield and not actually hit him in the head. <laughs> for some reason i'm just being like a big huge pinata now like you know it's like a bubble around neville and the um branch that i was talking about it's just like boom 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 (laughs) i just am laughing because this is a very passive battle (laughs) yeah i was gonna i was gonna say like guys i asked for your best and this one's just like yeah wait um okay Anyone want to rebuttal anything? No. Nope. <laughs> Please rebuttal something. <laughs> I just think that eventually Neville's going to have to drop his protection charm with all the other stuff that's going on in this battle. And that's when my branch is going to come back and knock him on the head. Can I ask why a branch specifically? I don't know. I'm just I just like that idea. It just sounds funny. Okay. I wasn't sure if it's like a magical branch or like it had some sentimental meaning to him or something. Like it was his great great grandfather's sister's mother's uh, wife's cousin's branch or something. I don't know. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, do you think that we've like bounced off of Neville's shield charm, or is it just they stop in their place? I don't really know. Tell me something. <laughs> Choose one. Can we make this a fair fight of him at least bouncing back this branch to Newt, or is it literally just I don't know. I don't. I don't think shield charms are like rubber. I don't think so. It's not the whole lot. You're rubber. I'm glue. Whatever you use. No. Switch that. You know what I mean. Right. It's been a while since I was in kindergarten. Okay. I'm rubber. You're glue. Whatever you used to say to me bounces off of me and hits you. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Who won? Okay. Um. Well, I guess if it's just a shield charm that doesn't do anything except shield, I do think I gotta give it to Newt, because eventually gonna fail. And I guess the branch that Newt is insisting upon continuously using will make it in eventually. Let's be honest. By the end of this fight, they'll just be, like, chatting with each other. It's not gonna be a fight, so... This, yeah, this... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I tried... I tried here to give you guys some outs, make it more. But yeah, Newt's gonna be moving on here. Awesome. And he's going against Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like is pretty much gonna be the same exact fight, except Harry Potter's gonna be using Expelliarmus instead of Protego. Oh, is that what you think, huh? Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we're not not quite there yet. First... (laughs) First, it looks like I get to judge both of you. <laughs> Are you crying, Amber? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't blame her. This is going to be a fair fight. Uh, all right, let's get into. We are officially in round two, so we have from round one. We have McGonagall. We have Cedric Diggory. We have Mad Eye Moody, and now we have Newt Scamander. And now they are going to be battling for brand new characters to decide who's going in to the final four. Bummer bomb. <laughs> Bummer bomb. And like Jenny said, she's going to keep doing that. All right. She's going to judge Amber and I. So first up, we have Minerva McGonagall from round one. We know her. We love her. She's Gryffindor Pride, and she's going up against the lovely, the eccentric Luna Love the Good. Okay, before we get too far into this battle, have you guys seen the like thing where it's like, have you ever thought about the fact that Severus Snape has to teach Luna Love Good? No, <laughs> but now, oh geez, there's this guy on TikTok. I'll see if I can find the video, but he actually like talks about it, and like he like talks through like a scene of what would happen and it's just like Snape comes up and he's like Miss Lovegood what are you making and she's like well the potion you wanted us to make had a bad aura to it so I decided instead to regenerate this flower that we were supposed to use I think it will look lovely in your hair (laughs) you know I kind of feel like after year one with Luna he's gonna like not even acknowledge her he's gonna get way too many weird responses and then he's just gonna let her do her thing. He's just gonna he's gonna look over. Is she doing? You know what? Nope, nope. We're just not gonna do that. We're not gonna look over there. We're not going to ask. We're just going to let her do whatever and hope she 
passes the class by the end of the year. I feel like he would just nope out of there very soon. He would like purposely yeah. like either pass her, her or fell her, depending on like what he's feeling at the moment. So oh no, that, no, like, no. It would probably be like, I'm gonna fail you as much as possible so you can't come back. No, no, no. He's gonna pass her. I don't know how it works at Hogwarts, but like if you don't pass a class here, you gotta retake it. So like I feel like he's gonna pass her as many years as needed and then when it's advanced for like the newts and newts then he's gonna fail her and then not have to worry about her anymore so then probably fail the OWLs. what she'll probably fail the owls and that will yeah, be he, what gets then, her out of the class yeah then she's not eligible to take the newt classes yeah That's what I so, I like that. I but then like Surprise, surprise, he gets defense against the dark arts and she's awesome in that because of the DA and then he's stuck with her all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Give me your guys' first reasons. All right, would Luna like to go first? Um, I guess. (laughs) Are you going to fly the white flag, Miss Luna Lovegood? No, but I'm not very hopeful. (laughs) But I'm not going to lay down and be defeated easily why not well, as we've like- talked about before we're surprised that nobody else picked mcgonald go before casey did like i'm surprised i didn't pick her but yeah um so luna in dumbledore's army and all that has shown that she's actually really really good at defensive and offensive spells she survived three major battles with minimal injuries and she is very competent at dueling and that she dueled Bellatrix. And so, yeah, she's really good at defending herself and also doing offensive magic to try to take down McGonagall. Okay. Okay. All right. So McGonagall is also really good at defensive and offensive and I mentioned last time, the ha- Sorting Hat wanted to put her in Ravenclaw because of her intellect that she uses in battle. But she's like, no, I'm a Gryffindor. But so we saw that Luna was in three battles, but McGonagall, I'm trying to count them up because she's been in a lot. She was in Global Wizarding but, War. But the first Wizarding question War. Being, uh-huh. Question being, what age? What age was she when she was in those wars? You want me to count all of them and figure out her age? What does that matter? Because it does matter if you're going to be like, oh, well, she was in all these other battles. Well, yeah, she's a lot older. Of course, she's going to have been in more battles than Luna. But Luna But was... she's been in them and survived all of them. Let... Okay, give me one Luna second. She was 14 in her first battle. 14! Okay, give me a second. I guess I gotta do some math here. Well, I can't say for sure because we don't know quite what year she was born. We don't? Not her wiki page, apparently. <laughs> and I also think they're kind of retconning her a little bit with Fantastic Beasts, her age. I've seen that come around, but... Yeah, makes sense. I've heard rumors that apparently Tom Riddle is supposed to be in one of the next... Has the possibility of being in this one or the one after this one. For Fantastic Beasts. How? Apparently the timelines do technically cross. And that for when Tom like started to prepare to go to school and 
Grindelwald was still trying to take over the world. Apparently those timelines do cross. Hey, give me one second. I'm trying to do some math. Okay, so since we don't know 100% her age, I'm going to guess that she was in her late during the first global wizarding war. But again, that's possibly being retconned. It seems like they're trying to make her older to have her be a character in the next Fantastic Beast. So like, who knows? But she is very skilled at, coming back to my point, she is very skilled with both defensive and offensive. She can basically do it all. She can do nonverbal spells very well. She has mastered, she can even do some wandless magic, a little bit of wandless magic, but she has mastered dueling. She can do different transfigurations. She's like queen of transfigurations, transform herself or Luna or a rock into a dog. <laughs> Or drag it. Hey, I mean, Cedric, it's it's a trend now. <laughs> Thank you, Cedric. <laughs> She's very good at various charms, like freezing, disarming, summoning, levitation. She can basically do it all. Dark arts, like, there's nothing really that this woman cannot do. Okay, and, Amber, do you have a rebuttal? And, I also want to put in that she might have taught Luna basically everything she knows, but not everything McGonagall knows, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a quote from somewhere. I can't remember where, though. Um, well, with the nonverbal, Luna is also good at nonverbal. What about wandless? It didn't say anything about wandless, so I don't have a rebuttal for wandless, but she is good at nonverbal. She good at transfiguration? Mm, didn't say anything about that. So no. Okay, so I am going to give the first point to Professor Minerva McGonagall. Woo! Woo! So moving on to the second reason. All right, this one me? Yep. Yeah. All right, so she is a tremendous flyer. Uh, I mentioned before she was on the Quidditch team while she was at Hogwarts. Uh, she is incredible she's do can do so many different maneuvers fly around and you don't lose those skills and you know she was she's still just as much a Quidditch fan as always and you know what I have a headcanon that you know after the games she likes to get up on her broom and see if she still got it so that's what they should anyway. do they should have like a teacher versus the student Quidditch game <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. can can you imagine Snape doing that <laughs> yes that would be hilarious so yes she is an amazing flyer so she could fly all over the place and all around luna liar i know you said flyer but it almost sounded like you said liar i'm like who's a liar <laughs> okay what 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 does miss lovegood have for us so fun fact luna actually married the grandson of Newt Scamander. Yes. Um, is that your, I was like, where is this going? Wait but it. Wait it's, still, it. it's still my headcanon that it was her and Neville all along. I don't care what you say. There is no Scamander. I, it's her and Neville. Plot yeah. twist. Neville is the great grandson of Newt Scamander. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, we just had a really awkward family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Luna 
and her husband actually took after Newt Scamander. That's where I was going with that. In they, I'm going to totally pronounce this wrong, but Luna became a magizoologist? Zoologist? Magiz- yeah. Which Magiz- means a magic zoologist. It's what Newt Scamander yeah. is. Yes. And so she is an expert at handling creatures. One creature in particular that we have seen her handle well is Thestrals. So she can also fly using the Thestral, as well as Thestrals, well, known for being passive, actually will attack to protect their friend or owner or whoever they're with and so you know she can she not only has something that flies but she has something that will attack while flying bam this where battle just get... got really bloody in my mind where'd she get <laughs> where did she get the thestral all you where? need is raw meat or blood no 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 i i want to know specifically where did this thestral come from the forest on hogwarts yeah Okay, I'm going to say that they're going to be more loyal to McGonagall because no. McGonagall's... Yeah. If anybody, they would be more loyal to Hagrid. McGonagall we... may work at the school, but she's not out there in the forest making a connection with them. Where you... Luna is out there in the forest regularly. Hey, 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 Amber, you got to let Casey speak every now and then. How do you know? She is seeing these Thestrals just as well, longer. Because all it takes to see a Thestral is watching death. And I'm sure she saw some death in the very first wizarding war that she was a part of. So how do you know that she hasn't gone out and communicated and bonded with them and stuff? Just because Harry didn't notice it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Because I doubt she did. That just does not seem like a very McGonagall thing where we know Luna was out there on a regular basis connecting with these creatures. Because she's crazy and thinks they're awesome. I think that because McGonagall has been on the grounds for so long, they're going to have some loyalty to her and they're not going to want to attack her. Mm, just because she's been on the grounds. I just, I don't know. I still think they would because I think they would be a little more loyal to Luna, especially because Luna was the one writing them at that time. I think they're still going to have some loyalty to her. Maybe. Judge. So one of the things I know about Thestrals, since we're talking about Thestrals, is they go wherever their writer tells them to go. Mm -hmm. So if Luna were to tell her Thestral to even just fly like right above McGonagall, even if like, you know, they didn't mean to hurt McGonagall, I feel like they would still like clomp her with their hooves and she would fall off of her broom. How fast does Thestral fly? They're really fast. I mean, they got to they got from Scotland where Hogwarts is to the Ministry of Magic in like an hour. Yeah, which we don't really know where the Ministry <laughs> of Magic is, but I'm guessing it's in the middle of London. Yeah, we do know it's in London. We just don't know its exact location. But I mean, that's like about the same time it takes to fly there in an airplane. Which airplanes are pretty fast. Well, so are brooms. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean. I feel like she could maneuver and speed away because you know she's got the latest broom. So, like, I feel like with being such a strong Quidditch player, she would be able to maneuver and 
avoid pretty well. I mean, she had to avoid bludgers on the Quidditch field. I don't think that Thestrals are going to be more erratic and intense than a bludger. So I do have to um, go with McGonagall on this one just because just because Thestrals are more like horses and I feel like they're not able to maneuver around as fast as like a broomstick where that only has its weight, which broomsticks shouldn't weigh that much. Plus it's riders, whereas the Thestrals have to take care of their weight, which they're like horses. So over like 300 pounds plus their riders weight. Yeah. So McGonagall will take this one, but just for kicks and giggles, how about you guys give me your third reason? So my third reason, (laughs) this is a horrible third reason. I hate this third reason. (laughs) You came Um, up with it. No, not, yeah, we'll we'll just, I hate that I have to do it this way. And that, like, I just, I I could not come up with anything else. So, you know, we're going to go with it. So McGonagall is, you know, starting to get old. And so, well, yes, she may be good at a lot of stuff. We know for a fact that stunning spells can take her down. No, they can't completely take her out, but they can take her down. And Luna is very, very, very good at stunning spells. Like that is one of the ones that it talked about in her um on her wiki pages how really good she is at stunning spells. So I believe she could probably stun McGonagall. Okay. So first anyone can be taken down by a stunning spell, including Luna, but it didn't take one stunning spell to take McGonagall down. It didn't take two people doing the stunning spell. It didn't take three people. It took four people to knock her down, and she walked away. No, so my third- at the same time, they all turned and did a stunning spell. They it wasn't like oh one did and it didn't take her down, and so another one did it, and then so on and so forth. It was all four at the same exact time, and it barely did anything. So, she didn't barely do anything. She was in St. Mungo's for like two months. That's not barely doing anything. It wasn't two months. It was at least a month. Mm, that feels long. I just read that part. Anyway, she is very strong. It took four to knock her down. And everyone's like, at her age, that should have killed her. And it didn't kill her. She. But this knocked- isn't a battle to the death. This is a battle to knocking down. So, okay, but she is very strong, and Luna can't do four in a row. There's some recovery time. There's some pause in between. So in that little pause, she would be stunned at the, after the first one. Oh come on! You think she's not going to deflect that first spell? She doesn't know it's coming because Luna can do nonverbal spells. You don't think McGonagall is going to be ready for that? You don't know. Yes, we do. McGonagall's ready for everything. Mm. I love how you come back to that was you know <laughs> it's McGonagall yes we do McGonagall's always ready but give me McGonagall's third reason that is my third reason that she's resilient and can take a lot so but she can take something like four stunning spells yeah, to the so chest let's remember that McGonagall's already won this one 
But I am no. going to give this one to Luna Lovegood because even though the stunning spell might not take McGonagall completely out of the fight, it will probably at least stun her, even if it's just like, whoa, for like a second, in which time Luna could use any of her other skills to go after McGonagall. But that's only assuming the stunning spell hits her. With yeah. student versus teacher, I don't think it's going to hit her. Well, the judge disagrees, so. Well, you still lose, so. I still got a point, which is all I care about. <laughs> I just I'm just happy I got a point. Okay, so McGonagall will be our first member to make it to the final four. Really? What? I just looked at what the next battle was. <laughs> and speaking of the next battle, I still get to judge you guys. So please, bring it on. Well, let's introduce the returning character first. That's you, Amber. I know. <laughs> so, returning, we have three. You could sound a little happier about your character, but... I am happy with my character, except for who he's up against. <laughs> All right, so... I'm actually very happy I got this character, because I didn't at first. Someone else took him. And then last minute decided to switch over. And I'm very happy to have swooped in and picked up none other than Sirius Black, the third, or known as Padfoot, or my personal favorite, Snuffles. Did you just call Sirius Black the third? That's his name, yeah, Sirius Black the third. I thought his dad's name was Orion. Well, it was, but maybe it came That's just what it says on his wiki page. He's the third. Just because his dad wasn't named Orion, what wasn't named Sirius doesn't mean he's not the third in the black line. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have and, to be one generation after another to be the third. And there is two other ones because at the top of his page it says, this is Harry Potter's godfather. You may be looking for Sirius Black the first or Sirius Black the second. I don't know where they fall in the tree, but. Interesting. Okay, bring on the reasonings. Would Cedric like to go first? <laughs> Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's just get this one over with. He's skillful at transfiguration and can turn a rock don't, into don't a dog. Do it. <laughs> no, stop. we need to stop that. <laughs> hey, I actually want him to turn it into a dog because then, and I already know what you're gonna come back with, and it's gonna be a dog fight. Yeah, sorry, okay. Oh, Go ahead. you think that's what I'm going to do, huh? I was going to say, things just got really dark. Okay, my fake reason, this is not my reason, but he can transport figure a rock into a dog, too. So, <laughs> Okay, no, that's not my reason. <laughs> I think it's safe to say after, what is it, fourth year? Or is it fifth year? I don't know. I'm pretty sure anybody could turn a rock into a dog at that point. That's like <laughs> really early magic there. Do you think Harry could turn a rock into a dog? I'm just saying. Probably not, but that's you know Harry. What? Yeah, that's Harry. <laughs> okay. Uh, hmm. Okay, so you've got a dog. How big is the dog? I'm just curious. Let's go with a big white dog. Like, husky. Okay. Um, hmm. I've got two really good ones. And I kind of don't want to go with the one you think I'm going to go with. <laughs> just do it. We're all thinking it. 
<sighs> Fine. <laughs> All right. Sirius Black is a great doula. No. Okay. He is an animagus. So he can turn into a giant black dog, like a really big black dog, bigger than a husky. Because I don't know what huskies you've been around. They're not actually that big. Um, my my fat border collie mixes are bigger than the huskies that live around here. So I don't know. Um, but I'm really big huskies. So he is a really big black dog, and it's not just any black dog. He possesses a very fast, swift speed in his animagus form which allows him to quickly chase after. He can jump long distances and revert back to human form very quick. So he can go from dog to human to dog to human. So he can pounce in dog form and like immediately go back to human and like throw some punches or pull out his wand or whatever. So he could very easily defeat your tiny little rock dog, husky, whatever, and then go right after Sirius. I, this is actually another question. So since you're turning it from a rock, do they have any kind of smarts? Or is they, or could I say that literally Amber's dog is as dumb as a rock? <laughs> would that be accurate? I don't think it would be, but I don't really know. I haven't like, done that amount of research into transfiguration. Because, I mean, if you're transforming from an inanimate object to something that's real, you can't like make a brain. You can't make intelligence. So I'm going to go with Cedric's rock dog is as dumb as a rock and won't be able to do avoid my serious black dog snuffles. Any rebuttal over there, Amber? <laughs> I disagree. Uh, I don't have to back my disagreement, just like she doesn't have proof to prove that it doesn't have a brain. But where are you going to get it? Where are you going to get a brain? I don't, I don't know how transfiguration works exactly. I haven't done one of that research. Okay. And I want to point out, Cedric's dog is not very good. When he used that in the tri tournament, it failed. I mean, so. he still got the egg. Yeah, but it wasn't because of the dog. <laughs> and he, he, that was his practice round. Uh-huh. He's already done that. He's had time well, to perfect it. I mean, did he have time? Because he died not very long after that happened. No, he didn't. He turned into a vampire and then he later became Batman. <laughs> Sorry. I, I had to, guys. I had to. Well, we don't um, know that yet. That has not been presented as a reason, so Batman yeah. will <laughs> remain in the dark for now. <laughs> I'm totally using that now. <laughs> he is now Batman. I'm just kidding. Well, um, right, we're spoiling reason two. Thanks. I am going to go with um, Sirius on this one, though. Yeah. Okay, who's up for reason two? Um, sure, why not? Go ahead, Sirius. What's reason number two? All right, so Sirius has a very good friend who's pretty giant, can be pretty aggressive, and can fly. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about none other, the Hippogriff Buckbeat. I mean, Wither Wings. Totally not Buckbeat. Nope. There's a, a random other Hippogriff, no relation, Wither Wings. Yep. <laughs> and he is very loyal to Sirius. They kind of had that bonding thing where they were both escaped um, convicts on the run. And they took care of each other. Sirius gave him his own bedroom to live in. Like, he lived like a king. So he's very, very loyal to Sirius. 
and will fly them around and attack. Like, they're very big, ferocious beasts, and they have claws on their... I don't, I don't know if you call them hooves or not, but clawed, and they've got big old beaks and extremely dangerous, especially to those that they don't respect or don't like or aren't loyal to. So my second reason is buck beaks. Buck beaks. Or, you know, with, with the wings. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play a card from your book. Thanks for that card access. Keith. Cedric is a skillful flyer. He has a broomstick. He's really fast on said broomstick. And as you pointed out, with animals, they have a lot more mass to move around. So, well, yes, Buckbeak um, may be able to do some damage. And Cedric can maneuver around. Um, I didn't point that out. I want to be clear. I did not point that out. That was all Jenny's thoughts. And I disagree with her on that. Uh, I just wasn't going to say that because that didn't help me. I don't feel like I said that he was a flyer. No, 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 about the whole beast thing. When you were talking about the Thestrals having more mass on them so they couldn't move as fast. Sorry. So, I mean, since I didn't bring it up, I don't think it counts in this battle. (laughs) I still am using it. He is on a hippogriff that has more mass than a broom. Broom, maneuver faster and better. Bam. Okay, so let's see. Which is faster, brooms or hippogriffs? Hippogriffs. Is that what it says? Yeah. Can we trust you? So depend- depending on the broomstick, yeah. And um, I don't think Cedric but- is that rich, so... Okay, wait, though. My question is, is that comparing them going straight in a line together side by side? Or is that, hey, the broom can move and turn faster than a hippogriff could turn? Meaning the broom could still maneuver faster than the hippogriff could. So it sounds like I could just run you off the battlefield. Could you? Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, if you were chasing me, could I? I could probably make a sharp left turn, and you wouldn't be able to make that sharp of a left turn immediately. But like, would I need to? I'm just gonna run you out of the ring then. But how are you running me out of the ring if I'm making a sharp left turn and turning around and coming behind you? I mean, like, I don't think it's gonna be that much quicker. I mean, the whole thing with hippogriffs is. They are sleek. They are bird-like. So they're going to be able to turn as well. And then, boom, you're coming right into me. And my claws. And my beak. And Sirius's fist. Guys. Because, I mean, you're only... So Cedric is only flying. That's the reason. He's only flying. Whereas Buckbeat is flying, but he can also grab with his front talons and bite with his beak. Plum is... Very hard to decide, especially with all the back and forth. So give me your third reason. So Cedric is extremely good at disarming and stunning charms. So he could stun Sirius or disarm him of his wand. I don't really know if he would be able to stun Buckbeak because I don't really know if spells work on hippogriffs or not like I don't know that but I would like to think he would at least try uh not so yeah he's really gonna stunning and disarming okay I mean he's as good as he could be for a teenager but Sirius is really just skilled in all aspects he was a pretty top 
level students at school. Uh, he's said to have mastered transfiguration. He is very successful in potions and charms, so he could very easily block Cedric's stunning spell. He is very good at nonverbal magic as well as healing. He can, so any spell that maybe Cedric gets off on him, he could heal pretty quickly. And we see he is very skilled at dueling and also physical combat. So I am going to have to give this fight to Sirius, although I do firmly believe that um, Cedric would give Sirius a run for his money. Um, but at it's, the end of the day, it would be Sirius. It's a good thing Sirius has a lot of money then. That he doesn't want any of. <laughs> okay. Sirius is another final four. That means I have half of the final four. Are y'all really going to let me win again? I'm trying my hardest not to. <laughs> but right. since mine is the new character, I give you Dobby the house elf. He is a free elf. And we first met him in the Chamber of Secrets. And if you only watch the movies, again, we still love you. But you don't get enough of Dobby to care about him if you only watch the movies. Because Dobby yeah. is there for Harry throughout like the whole series. He comes back in the fourth book. He's the one that gives Harry the gillyweed um, that helps him survive the lake. And then, of course, they probably all would have been tortured and maybe killed in Malfoy Manor if it wasn't for Dobby being able to be there and help them. Yeah. And it, it really sucks because they take him out so much of the movies that his death isn't as impactful if you're solely just a movie watcher. Because when you read the books, he's there almost every year in some capacity helping you know, he's the one who told him about the rumor requirement when they were doing the DA and stuff. So, like, he's a constant at Hogwarts and in Harry's life. So, like, when you see him die, it's so heartbreaking. But you don't get that because we haven't seen him since... The second movie. Yeah, the second one. I was trying to see if he came up at all in any of the other movies. But no, it was like a five-year gap and then, hey, I'm back and now I'm dead. That kind of sucked. I just wanted to put yep. that in there. <laughs> I agree. Anyway... Dobby the house elf is going up against the surly, the burly, the misshapen Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. Is that all you got? <laughs> I mean, I know we've already talked about Mad-Eye Moody, so I guess we don't have to go too much into... Yeah, if you want to know more about Moody, check out the last round one where he popped up. I mean, he's, he's very mysterious. That's, that's all I'll really say. He, he tries to keep things very private. He's very paranoid. But yeah. Okay. Reason number one. So I, if that's okay with you, Casey, I will go first. Yep, go for it. So first of all, I don't think we all fully understand the magnitude of house elves and what they can do when they're doing stuff they're not supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> to put it frankly. Also, I do have to throw this in there. One of the reasons why I picked Dobby, there was two. But one of them was when I asked my um, family who they think would win out of everybody, my sister-in-law, who um, does want to come on someday and talk about house elves because she loves them and she could go on forever about house elves. She was like, Dobby, Dobby would win everything. And then, um, the second one is, and I hope he listens to this, 
Uh, me and one of my coworkers several months ago had a big, huge argument about Dobby, and so it would be really great if Dobby won, but <laughs> not to sway it, anybody, I'm just saying. So anyways, going back, so yeah, Dobby can do a lot of stuff, and house elves can do a lot of stuff that wizards and witches can't do, and I'll probably be like hitting a lot on that as I talk about Dobby. So um, the first one that I want to say is he can apparate where wizards and witches can't apparate. So like at Malfoy Manor, um, Harry and Ron and Luna and Ollivander, they had been trying to apparate out of the dungeon at Malfoy Manor and they couldn't. They tried everything and it just didn't work. But then when Harry asked for help, Dobby was able to apparate into the basement and save them. So I think that would be helpful in a fight because he could just disappear whenever. And once again, I don't think that wizards take house elves seriously. And I love Moody, but I feel like he wouldn't take Dobby that seriously. So when Dobby suddenly disappeared, he'd be like, what the heck? Before he realized what was going on, of course. Oh, no, he's not going to stumble and go, what the heck? You know what he's going to do the minute that little house elf disappears? What? I'm so glad you asked. He's going to pull out his two invisibility cloaks. Two can be invisible in this game. So it doesn't matter where Dobby can disapparate and apparate to if he can't find where Moody is. So he's going to be invisible. And he's going to wait for him to appear. And then Dobby's going to be like, whoa, wait, what? And then bam. What did we say last time? Whack him in the back of the head. Unless... Dobby disapparates and apparates right onto Moody's shoulders so fast that he can't even put on his invisibility cloak. Okay, then he starts out in the invisibility cloak. What do you want from me here? How can you start a fight if you're invisible? <laughs> How can you start a fight by disapparating? It's very easy. You say, meh, meh, and then you disapparate, and then you reapparate okay. on top of their head, and boom! That seems kind of weird. I'm going to say that No. <laughs> So, Moody's under his visibility cloaks for this round. For the whole round? Yeah, why not? It's round one, so reason one. Yeah, the entire reason one, he's under his visibility cloak. Okay, judge. Um, <laughs> no. Come on, you know, there's only one right answer here. And it's Dobby. And it's not Dobby. <laughs> Just operating and operating isn't going to help him if Moody's under invisibility cloaks. Unless he keeps doing it so many times that he finally hits Moody. I mean, we don't know how big the ring is, but eventually he's going to find Moody. Or this fight is going to get really boring really fast. No, because the minute Dobby comes back into view, Moody's got him. But the, the minute Dobby's that Dobby him. comes back into view, he can re look around, see nobody, re And in that moment that he's looking around, bam. Yeah, but... but Moody doesn't nope. know where he's going to reapparate to. He so it's not like to. Moody's going to be like, I know you're coming right here. <laughs> now that Whoa. we're using killing Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, this is the hero side. We're not fighting to the death here. Not that Moody's opposed to those spells, but okay. Um, and wow. Um, okay, this got a lot darker and a lot more heated than and, I expected it to. I, I feel mean, like, like this it, whole round's just a big game of hide and seek. Yeah, and then, but the minute he comes back into view, Moody's on him. It only and takes the minute he seconds. comes back in view and doesn't see Moody, he disapparates again. I'm also sure he can make himself invisible. 
Oh, let me see. No, no, you will get one reason, and you pick to separate. I. <laughs> Amber, uh, so if he can make himself invisible, so Amber, you decide. I agree. This is just one big giant game of hide and seek, and feels like nobody can win. Honestly. Okay, um, but okay. How long does it take to disapparate and apparate? It takes a moment, especially if he's looking around, and it's going to take a moment to look around. In that moment. That's Moody's window where he can well, strike. I'm just, I'm just feeling like and Dobby's you, not going to thinking... get. Hey, 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 hey! You told Amber to let me talk. Let me talk, Jenny. In that moment that he is either what recovering or looking around, that's his window, and he's going to take it very quickly. Now so you. Need I think what Jenny's trying to say. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jenny. But I think what she's trying to say is it does feel kind of feel like you're giving two reasons as well. Yeah, giving the fact that he would attack, but he's also invisible. So, I mean, how, how do we even know that he's good at attacking at this point? Because okay, so that means, so that means Dobby's not going to attack either. No, and she's not saying he is. She's I just did saying say bomb, but all I'm saying is right now he could be on top of Moody. But that's not an attack. Yeah. He's just chilling on his shoulders. Then so that means no one's attacking. Yeah. So no yeah. one wins. Not necessarily, but... So, okay, Judge, what is it? I, I don't know. Give me reason number two, I guess. <laughs> okay, so my reason number two... Let's see, I've got a couple things I can go for. Hmm. All right, let's go with his aura skills and powers. So, Alistair Moody is considered one of the greatest aurors of all time. He is the most skilled in the Ministry of Magic... And that means he is very good at um, concealment disguises, of sneaking around, um, at offensive, defensive skills. He is very good at dueling. I mean, the whole part of being or going after dark wizards. So he has a lot of experience dueling various whatever he's chasing and he's good at especially defense against dark magic. And dark arts, he has no issue using the unforgivable curses, any of them. So, and ors are allowed. I forgot this was a thing. They are totally allowed to use the unforgivable curses, all three of them. So he's good at charms, transfiguration. He can operate and disapparate as well. He can do nonverbal magic. He also can do some wandless magic. So he is very, very skilled as a wizard or. Okay. Reason number two okay. for Dobby. So when house elves are trying to protect those who they have allegiance for, they can be very ruthless protectors. We see that when Dobby has, um, well, he obviously has an allegiance for Harry Potter. And after he was quote unquote released by Mr. Malfoy, he was more released by Harry. But anyways, we're not getting into that right now. But when he was released by Mr. Malfoy, he was able to blast Mr. Malfoy away after he attempted to physically assault Harry. So you're all wondering, but who is his allegiance for? Well, if Dobby were to get it into his head that he is doing this to protect Mad-Eye Moody. I mean, Mad-Eye <laughs> Moody wasn't a real person. No, not protect Mad-Eye Moody, but to protect Harry from Mad-Eye Moody. Sorry, because Matt. I I'm telling a story here. 
because Mad Eye Movie was actually a Death Eater once. Yes, it wasn't really him, but it was somebody dressed as him. So if Dobby were to get it into his head that Mad Eye Moody was still Barty Crouch Jr., he could attack Alester Moody and blast him back like he did Lucius Malfoy. I don't think he's going to think that because he was very involved fourth year and he's going to know all about Barty Crouch Jr. I'm not saying that he wouldn't know. I'm just saying he can get it in his head, make himself think that he's doing this to protect Harry. I don't know. That feels a little, little, and a holy, I guess. Like there's some holes in there, but. Or we can just leave it at the fact that he can blast back people who he feels threatened by i don't know if that's necessarily stronger than what alistair can do but would alistair see it coming this is a battle so yes what say you amber so i i don't know enough about moody's like view of house elves but i know like in general wizards don't usually view house elves very highly and so where er, Dobby like Lucius Malfoy who is a very powerful dark wizard did not see the attack from coming like from Dobby and that and granted this is a battle between Dobby and Mad-Eye but I do think that Mad-Eye might be slightly underestimating Dobby's capabilities Okay, I have two rebuttals for that. Okay. First for Lucius. Why would Lucius ever think his house elf would attack him? So no, he wouldn't see that coming because that's not something he would expect. Whether or not he had just been released, why would he ever expect his servant, his slave, to attack him? Because up until this point, he wasn't able to. Like, he was bound by that. So no, I don't think he's going to expect that coming. That's why he was able to get one over on him. Uh, Second rebuttal... I don't think Moody is going to underestimate anyone. I mean, that's constant diligence, right? He has seen so much. He has been attacked by so much. He's lost eyes. He's lost his leg. He's lost so much. He is so beyond paranoid. He's not going to underestimate anything at all. I would like to point out that Moody was taken over, though, by Barty Crouch Jr. and Peter Pettigrew. So that's not part of the battle. No, it's not, but I'm just saying, like, even though he was expecting them, they were still able to take him, so I'm just saying that Dobby could do the same thing. Well, um, should I bring up Dobby's downfall then? Bellatrix is not in this battle. Well, neither are Barty Crouch or Pettigrew, but you still wanted to bring them in. Apparently, all it takes is a knife to take Dobby down. Well, that's just heartbreaking. You went there. Amber, will you please, please pick... So, I am not totally disagreeing with you, Casey. I do think that, you know, Alistair probably would not, might not underestimate, but I do feel like that maybe you as Alistair is. And, like, I feel like you might be underestimating him a little bit. And so, the first round, I do think I have to give that one to Mad-Eye because of the fact that he is under or the invisibility cloak that does give him the upper hand that way. But I do think that this second round I have to give to Dobby because I we've seen that Dobby is able to 
do some damage to some powerful wizards. We've seen that in mul- on multiple occasions. We know that house elves, when freed, can do some damage in general. Like, And so I do feel like Dobby could do some damage to Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody can put up a good fight, I do agree, but I do think that Dobby might have a little bit of the upper hand there. Okay, so that leads us to our third reason. And because I know my third reason is just going to totally annihilate me, I do want to say a quick Dobby quote. (laughs) Dobby never meant to kill anybody, just maim or horribly injure. And with that, Dobby can disarm people just by snapping his fingers. I mean, he can do a lot of stuff with his fingers, like hover and stuff like that. Like that hovering charm that he did on the pudding, pretty epic. So (laughs) I guess I'm going to change disarming to Dobby can use his fingers for magic, like different kinds of magic. Can we rephrase that? (laughs) Casey, why? Why? Ask Jenny. She said it. I wasn't taking it dirty until you said something. I don't know how to rephrase that. Literally, when he snaps his fingers, magic happens. Just say he can do wandless magic. He can do wandless magic. Thank you. He can do wandless magic. House elves don't have wands. Well, that's why it's wandless. Okay, so wait. You changed it. It's levitating or what? Just wandless magic. And yeah. uh, including levitating and disarming and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, let's now see. I can't get that image out of my head. Why, Casey? Guys, Why? this is supposed to be a PG-rated podcast. You're welcome. Hey, I'm not the only one that's gone dirty sometimes. I think, I don't know who did it last time, but not just me. And that's what editing is for. Okay. Um. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, all right, let's go with this one. So Moody has this chest that has an assortment of, like, layers to it. And it is not just any ordinary chest. It's got seven locks and can hold different things as different compartments. That's the word I was looking for. And this is a magical chest that is safe from the use of magic, even how self-magic. And... Anything that's put into it, they're just stuck in there for a little bit. So Moody's going to put Dobby in there and lock him until he decides to be a good little house elf and stop attacking him. You'd have to catch him first. I mean, if he's not disapparating, it's not hard to do. And all he's doing right now is wandless magic. <laughs> and he I'm is just tiny. saying, he's, he's smaller than Moody, so he can probably run faster than him. And while he's I trying think- to catch him, he can use his magic against him. Oh boy, what's he going to do? Levitate his cane away? And then hit him with it. Well, he's going to grab him and throw him in the chest. If he has the chest. He has the chest. I just told you that's his object. He's got the chest. He's going to put Dobby in it. I'm just saying, how's he going to catch Dobby? With his hands. Amber, who wins? My head hurts. Why? Why is this the battle you guys chose? Why? Like... Do you want to hear all three reasons together? No. <laughs> I, that's not the issue here. I just, I. <laughs> I mean, like, as cool as disarming and levitation is, that's not really going to help him from this big, massive man grabbing him and throwing him into a chest. Well, maybe he levitates Moody and then Moody can't catch him. 
exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I was like, he would I'm just saying, how did Moody catch him? Like, I, yeah, I didn't expect to say this. I really didn't, but based off of the reason. Oh I'm looking, hang on, let me get a rebuttal. Okay. Okay, so, rebuttal. How cells can only cast the levitation for a certain amount of time before tiring. So, let's see. Oh, it's either they can only cast it for a certain amount of time before they're tiring, or the spell only lasts for 14 seconds. So, Dobby can only levitate him away for 14 seconds before he gets too tired. Moody's down on the ground and grabs him, shoves him in the chest. Yes, but... When he falls back to the ground, that's going to knock his breath out for a little bit. And he is not a young guy anymore. Also, he does have a limp, so I'm just saying. And Dobby is going to be equally as tired while he's recovering. All he has to do is get back on his feet and boom, chest. And while Moody is um, recovering, Dobby can apparate away. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, Wait, no, no, that's reason one. That's a separate reason. So no, he can't. Two, do you think Moody's never been thrown around before? I don't know why you think it's going to take a long time for him to get back up. Well, he retired from being an Auror. That's why he came to Hogwarts to teach. Yeah, but now he's back at it in the Second World Wizarding War. I'm just saying, Dobby can do a lot of other things with his magic. Uh, Wikipedia only says disarming. Levitation. He can he can do the, uh, the he can do the hover charm. He also controlled the bludger in the second book, and he has sealed the barrier between platform nine and three quarters and the Muggle world. Yes, but you went with levitating. I said nonverbal spells. We were just talking about levitating because at the moment that is what was relevant. Well, it normally lasts for a short amount of time before Dobby gets too tired to keep it up. Whereas Moody can grab him and shove him in a chest. But maybe when R- Moody is still recovering, Dobby uses a controlling charm like he did on the um, bludger. Just because he was able to control the bludger does not mean he can control Moody. I'm not saying that he's controlling Moody. I'm saying like a rock or a branch or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will die on my branch hill. Apparently that's where I'm going tonight. Well, apparently we're all dying on the rock that turns into a dog in a branch, so. I have a question for Casey. Okay. Is the trunk open in preparation for Dobby to be thrown in? Of course in the- it is. Of course it is. So then, while Dobby is levitating Moody, he could levitate him into the trunk. You can't use my object against me. Mm, okay. Nothing says she can't. Fine, then it's locked and only Moody has the key. In which case, while he has to open it, Dobby can get away because, oh yeah, he can disaborate. Okay, are you doing reason? Are we doing all our reasons together, or just the one reason? Because you keep going back and trying to pull in other reasons. I don't know. I'm just trying to make a good argument here. Yeah, I I think that I still have to go surprisingly with Dobby on this one because either the trunk is open and. Dobby could then put Mad-Eye in it with the levitating that he's doing, uh, or the trunk is locked and Dobby can find a way of getting away while it's being unlocked to be put well, in Well, again, he can only levitate for a brief amount of time. So Moody's not going to just go quietly. He's not going to easily let him levitate him anywhere. Mm. That just jumps into I- the whole levitating, like, 
Bell. Um, and... I, I still have to give this one to Dobby. This, it, I'm, I'm sorry, Dobby won this one. Okay, but that's okay. You have another chance to beat me. <laughs> How about you? Expl- you introduce your new character first. All right. I have the one, the only, Mr. Harry James Potter, who is undefeated in everything he does. All right, who's yours? I have Newt Scamander, which we already know is the beloved Hufflepuff, more beloved than Cedric Diggory. I'm sorry, Cedric, but... I mean, you didn't have to say it, so you didn't have to go there. You made that choice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Amber. I still love you. Well, you technically stole Newt from me. I was literally in the document getting ready to type his name when you wrote it. First come, first serve. Okay. We were in the document at the same time. Casey, you want to give your first reason? You can go first if you want to. Okay, so I have updated my reasons. They are still pretty much the same reasons, but I actually have more source material to go with them. So instead of Casey being like, but what about this? I'm like, I don't know. I have more stuff. Um, You know, within the same episode, I found out more. So um, I am going to start with my very first reason, which is he is very good with animals. And um, one of those animals is called the swooping evil. Oh, you want to know what that is? Let me tell you. So the swooping evil is a large butterfly, but with a wolf-like skull. And it feeds on human brains. Not that Harry has a lot of brains, but the butterfly can feed on its brains and Newt has been known to be able to control it. Well, not control it, that's not the word, but to get it to do his bidding. So, sorry, the only thing that came to mind when you made the jab at Harry's brains was my dad had, when we were growing up, he'd oftentimes, like, put his hand on our head and, like, act like it was, like, I moved we need to go, what, do you know what this is? And we go, sucker. what? He's like, a brain sucker. Do you know what it's doing? What? Dying. It's starving. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's all that came to mind when you were saying that. I was like, brain sucker, starving. Okay. Okay. Uh, real quick, I just want to say, like, I know we joke a lot about Harry being oblivious, but he's actually pretty smart. I mean... You don't survive that long. And he got a lot of owls. He, he's not a dum-dum. He's just not always paying attention to those around him. <laughs> he's not yeah, stupid. He's cool in the shed, but he's not the dullest either. Yeah, he's, he's pretty bright. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. So you're going with creatures and you're attacking me with a giant butterfly. All right. That can eat your brains. Okay. Um, still a giant butterfly. Is there a picture of this thing? I'm curious. Yeah, I looked it up. What's it called? What's it called? It's called Swooping Evil. Uh, did Newt name that? I don't know. He needs to come up with a better thing. I just want to see a picture of this thing. Not that it really affects anything. I'm just very curious. All I can see is basically Butterfree from Pokemon. That's what I'm envisioning in my head. And I'm not that far off. All right. Okay, giant butterfly. Gotcha. All right. Um. Well, in order for... The butterfly to be effective, he has to be able to find Harry, and Harry is the master of the Deathly Hollows. So he has the Invisibility Cloak, the Elder Wand, and the Resurrection Stone. So he can hide and use the powerfulest wand known in existence. And really, honestly, the Resurrection Stone just is for decoration. That's not really going to help him, but he has it. 
Yeah, but he has to be able to get to them, which apparently what um, Newt uses the Swooping Evil for, besides eating brains, is to pin enemies or catch them off guard. You can't do that. He's invisible. He's just going to sit there under his cloak and, like, look, and then just... Are we playing another game in Pattern with Seek? <laughs> no, because he has the Elder Wand. He's going to use the Elder Wand from his invisibility cloak, and boom, boom, boom. And I guess maybe, like, turn over the Resurrection Stone and get some, like, moral support from everyone that's dead that really seems to be the stone's only power yeah you go go do the thing harry that's like my favorite tiktok right now <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyway butterfly versus the deathly hollows amber call the swooping evil butterfly <laughs> you know what i i'm sorry but swooping evil does not sound much better than butterfly honestly <laughs> uh uh-huh to give this one to Harry? Are you asking us or are you telling us? Uh, telling, but not totally sure that I'm 100% confident in that answer. He's a master of death. Like, I, good, I good know. Luck, butterfly. I know, but I don't know anything about swooping evil other than the fact that it can eat brains. And that's so why I just. I, can't I don't eat know. any brains it can't find. Also, I'm but, not using this, but I just. Um, was reading like scanning through um, Newt's wiki page and apparently his Niffler stole from Gala Grindelwald which I just think is awesome so (laughs) but that I'm not using the Niffler I just saw that I was like that's cool I guess my question is and I don't know if Jenny can will know this answer or not but does the swooping evil have a sense sense of smell um, there's no takesies-backsies. The point isn't given to Harry. Moving on. Um, it doesn't say. So, no. Okay, then, yes, I have to give that point to Harry just because I do believe if the swooping evil could smell, that maybe it would stand a little bit more of a chance against Harry, but it... Are it you can't. saying Harry's a smelly boy? No, I'm just saying that if it could smell him, then being invisible is not necessarily eat all that much of an advantage because it still could locate him. Well, he's still got the elder one. And Newt still won't see him. Yes, but okay. we're talking about the swooping evil seeing yeah, him. Apparently you can use the swooping evil to erase bad memories. I don't know why you would use that in a fight, but that's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what is um your second reason, Casey? Um, let's Hmm. Which one do I want to do? I don't like going first. <laughs> I don't either. Hmm. Which one? See, like, the thing with Harry is there's so much you can choose from. And it's hard to uh, limit it down. But, okay, let's let's go with... It's just come up a couple different times. No longer anything new. But tried and true, he is a very, very skilled flyer. So he is the seeker for Gryffindor, which is a very difficult position. You have to be super fast, super agile. Um, you have to be able to have good sight to be able to see and track the snitch. And you know he's got the best broom. So he's going to be super fast and agile in his movements of going after. And Newt 
is very good with the summoning charm in rather complicated and difficult situations. In fact, he was able to summon an egg from across a room with a man still holding onto it, simultaneously pulling his niffler and the jewelry he was stealing for him effortlessly. Anyway, so what I'm saying is Harry's up there flying around and because Newt is so good at the summoning charm that he can summon an egg out of somebody's hand he goes accio broomstick accio broomstick whichever way we pronounce it and harry's falling through the sky um i mean that just summons the broom that doesn't mean harry lose grips of it so it sounds like he's summoning harry right to him and he's gonna pull a Ginny weasley and forget to break forget to break what his broom harry's gonna forget to break his broom yes as in he's going to run him down like jenny weasley did after the quidditch game sorry professor i forgot to break i love that so much but see, because he's so good at the summoning charm, he can stop it right before he gets to him. And then, boom, they can start fighting, even though that's not what we're talking about right now. We're just talking about the summoning charm. Yeah, I'm confused. Um, he's just summoning Harry to him. Because Harry's not going to let go of his broom. I mean, we've seen that. He's had his but broom still, mess with But it does it ah! keep... Let me finish. Let me finish. We've seen that before. People mess with his broom and he hangs on for dear life and he doesn't let go. So all Newt is going to do is summon Harry with his broom there. And if you want to say he stops it, okay. And then you say he wants to fight, okay. Um, Harry grew up with Dudley Dursley. He's going to know how to throw a punch. <laughs> he mostly hid from Dudley Dursley. If you don't think he can throw a punch, he grew up in a muggle school and with Dudley, he can throw a punch. I never learned to grow a throw a punch, and I grew up in Muggle school. Well, that's because you're a weakling. You were my friend in school, and I know how to throw a punch. Well, you know, I don't think Amber knows how to throw a punch either. So you know, we're leaving it at that. Oh, I think she can throw a punch. Okay, well, you believe that. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, who won? Yes, who won? Uh, Harry the Great Flyer who can ram into Newt or Newt who can just summon Harry a little bit closer. It will stop Harry from flying, which if that's your only reasoning for this. How, wait, how is a summoning charm going to stop him from flying? Because suddenly he's not in control of his broomstick. But once it's summoned, spell is over and he has complete control. It's not a freezing spell. It's a summoning spell. Once it's been summoned, that's over. But if he keeps done. summoning him, then Harry can't just like fly away because he can still he's still being summoned. Okay, so he's gonna keep summoning him, and he's gonna miscalculate, and then Harry is just going to like boom. But he's right really through. good at the summoning charm, so I don't think he's gonna miscalculate over and over okay. and over again. Okay. 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 okay, let's just go with give me reason number three because quite honestly. I don't really know. That feels like nobody's really doing anything. But Harry can fly and run over him with the broom. How's that not doing anything? Because Newt was able to stop him from flying. But I don't see how he's stopping him from flying. A summoning spell is not a stopping spell. Yeah, but if he keeps summoning him back to him, he's not flying anywhere. Hey, we're off of reason number two. Move on to reason number three, and we'll come back to this. All right, Newt's reason number three, then. So he is very resourceful and strategical and aptitude being able to come up with plans in a second notice 
which means whatever Harry's doing to him, within a second, Newt can come up with a counter spell or argument or whatever the heck we're doing at this point and we'll be able to stop Harry. Okay, reason number three for Harry. All right, he is a very skilled and powerful wizard. So powerful that, in fact, this whole series is based on Voldemort trying to kill him because he's fearful of how powerful Harry could be. We see he's incredibly aptitude in Defense Against the Dark Arts. He teaches a whole class on it his, as a teenager. He's very good at Defense Against the Dark Arts. He's very strong at dueling. He battled, we've seen him duel and win multiple times against what was thought to be one of the most powerful dark wizards. From a young age, he's done that um let's see he can do various curses and jinxes especially those given to him by the half-blood prince um what is it called the scepter sanctum the nasty one he can do that one and he can do various charms he can do some slight healing spells so that means he can heal from anything newt might do and he's pretty good at transfiguration as well he can conjure which is an advanced type of transfiguration. When, I guess I have questions on the healing. I don't recall ever seeing him do any healing. Um, no, he does. Let me, let me scroll back up to it. Mm. So he uh, is able to effectively cast healing spells. For example, he could perform Reparifors. Probably not pronouncing that right. In his third year, um, he learns how to do a pixie that he fixes on Demelza Robbins. And he can he uses it to treat mild to moderate injuries. He can also perform a healing spell for clearing up dried blood from a bleeding wound. He's also able to use the reviving spell to awaken those who have been rendered unconscious. Okay. So he's really good at magic. Yes. Okay. And pretty much the same reason for Newt, correct? He's very powerful and strategical aptitude. I do have rebuttals, but because Casey did um, list off a lot of stuff, I lost all my rebuttals, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Plan worked accordingly. Also, uh, I looked up. I don't know if it makes any difference. So the spell he learns for Reparifors basically means that he can cure ailments such as paralysis and poisoning. Interesting. So he, okay. so he can do that. Also, this episode is going on really long, so I'm just like, I'm not even going to argue anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that this particular point would go to Harry and that for the third reason. But I do think that I would give the second reason to Newt because I do think that uh, he is really good at the summoning charm and he would be able to slow Harry down at the very least and uh, making it harder for Harry to fly so I respect that he gets the point but I'm just still confused like yes yeah, slow him down but not stop him he can't just keep summoning over and over again he's gonna get tired or make a mistake or something but I'll I'll say yeah he gives the point but but this is where I'm confused right, oh, anyway so to end this out we have McGonagall versus Sirius, which are both Casey's characters. And then we have Dobby versus Harry Potter. I just put that together and realized that that's what the battle's going to be. And, yep. uh, and I'm also, uh, I want to say I'm very, very glad that Jenny made it a point in her reasoning that 
he will do anything to protect Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's I might tough. not use that reasoning next time, so you might not be able to oh. use it. Oh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting battle. Very interesting. So be sure to join us for round three for battle against each other. And be sure to do villains, which will be coming later this week. Magical week. Check out our social media. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.